0: Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of Last Stop Waterfowl Outdoors. On this week's show, we have a jam-packed episode, so we hope you enjoy it. So sit back, relax, grab a cold beverage, and let's talk everything there is to know in Louisiana outdoors. This episode of Last Stop Waterfowl Outdoors podcast is also brought to you by Blonde Grass Camouflage Systems. Welcome to the most realistic, durable, and versatile camouflage system available. Tired of constantly having to rebrush your blinds? The smell of rotting grass in your blind? Or grass that pokes and cuts? Or grass mats that have no depth in color and don't last throughout a season? No more cutting brush. Our patent pending blind grass will not rot or mildew and is 100% waterproof. It's available in mats or bundles for any application, whether you have a permanent blind, a boat blind, or a small layout blind. And it comes in natural dead grass colors, and it's paintable to match your unique surroundings. You can visit us on the web at www.blindgrass.com to place your order today. This episode of Last Stop Waterfowl Outdoors Podcast is also brought to you by SRD20 Boat Products. It shouldn't be hard work. SRD20 products use advanced nanotechnologies in its formulations explicitly designed for boat maintenance. From boat waxes for detailing to waterless washing wax products, SRD20 has boat care products that keep your boat protected from the elements and looking brand new. Visit them online at www.srd20.com and enter promo code LASTSTOP for 20% off all SRD-20 products today. Oh, man. We got a cold. Got a little cold front scheduled to come through tonight. And then it's on. It is on after that. So we are ready to roll tonight. What's up everybody Ali, uh, lee a lot of people joining what is going on guys welcome to last stop waterfowl outdoors ig live tonight got myself jacob got jackson with us and uh we typically don't do a lot of lives but now with duck season kicking up this is something that i want to get going on a, uh every week or every other week at least and, and talk to everybody kind of kind of spread, share the stories that we see seeing out in the field as waterfowl hunters, and uh, and just discuss kind of what we got going on with us, some of the hunt trips that we're making, some of the hunt trips that you guys are making, so we can help follow the migration down through the flyway, so I'm kind of excited to do that uh, and get on IG Live like we're doing tonight, and then we're going to also uh, take these recordings and upload them to our, our weekly podcast that we do, so... Thank you guys for hopping on with us if you're hopping on. We appreciate it. And uh we got X Hunter in the house, Jackson. I know him as Jackson. You guys follow him on uh, on IG as X Hunter if you following him. And uh with four Rs. With four R's. X Hunter with four Rs. Remember that guys. Go go check out his page. He got a lot of outdoor content on there. Waterfowl hunting and a lot of other stuff too. So X hunter underscore hunter with four R's. Yep. Yeah, so tonight, guys, good weather tonight here in South Louisiana. We uh, we chilling on the back porch here at home. Just got off of work. He got off of school, like many of you guys probably did. And uh, and we're gonna share tonight, guys, with y'all some of the uh, some of what we did this past weekend. We had the West Zone. We have two zones for waterfowl this year here in Louisiana. We have the West Zone and we have the East Zone. And uh and we opened up the West Zone Youth Waterfowl uh season this past weekend and Jackson being, you know, thirteen years old, gonna be fourteen by the way, here in January. So you you pretty much fourteen now. Yeah. Um he was able to hunt for the youth opener and me and one of my buddies will tell y'all kind of about what we did. We uh we took him and one of your good friends, uh Blaze. Uh they invited us. So why don't you tell tell everybody kind of what happened what we were invited down this weekend. And kind of where we went for youth weekend. Since it was your weekend hunt, we'll let you talk about it a little bit. Well, this this weekend we
1: went to we went we went up uh, hunt up in Hackberry, Louisiana, uh, up up there by Texas. And we uh, we had our our buddies just invited us to go up to Hackberry this uh, this weekend for the West Zone
0: opener youth hunt, and we just want to shoot some birds. Me and my buddy Blaze. Yeah, yeah. So. We were invited, guys, to tell y'all, kind of, we had some people, we've been posting a lot of videos over the last day or so. Um, We released two full uh, videos on our YouTube channel, and we had some guys ask us, comment, kind of, hey, where were y'all as far as in relation to what uh, side of the state? And what it was, is like Jackson said, we were on the west side of the state. Um, So we were hunting on the west side of the state up in Hackberry, Louisiana. He mentioned that. And uh, we were invited by some of our friends um that have a uh, private property or elite or a, it's not a lease anymore it used to be their lease and they were able to purchase that land and uh how many acres did they lance and them have 1600 1600 acres that they have down in hackberry louisiana and guys if you're not familiar with that area it's all it's all coastal marsh is what it is down in hackberry so man i have to admit it was my first time uh being invited to go there and my buddy lance and his son, Blaze, who Jackson plays baseball with, um, they know each other. They've played baseball all summer. And Lance, being a waterfowl hunter his whole life, we, uh, we immediately, when we met, we struck up a, a relationship. And then they also, his father, who's Mr. Warren Coco, owns Go Devil uh, Boats and Motors. So you guys are real familiar with Go Devil. Um, so we went over to Mr. Warren's lease down in Hackberry. That's actually where we were this weekend. And uh, and we had a we had a really good time, man. They have an impressive, impressive piece of property down in Hackberry, huh, Jackson? Yes, sir. Yeah. They got
1: a lot. Of, they got a lot. Of, it's like a big, it's, like it's like a giant marsh. That's what it is. Just a. It's just yeah, it's a marsh. coastal
0: marsh is what it is. So coastal marsh, uh, sixteen hundred acres. You got a lot of property to roam around and do some hunting. So, um, uh, you know the conditions when we got there. We left Friday afternoon real late after work um, and from here where we live in the eastern part of the state or southeast part of the state it took us what right around four hours i think to get up there yeah. you know it's a four hour drive it took us to get to hackberry and then on top of that we had to launch the boat and yet another 35 minute run that we had this weekend um so rain was in the forecast for friday night whenever we left and then, and saturday there was, morning. And then a little bit saturday morning yeah when we had looked at the forecast originally, though, it didn't look like there was going to be much rain Saturday morning. But it ended up kind of coming in late, and uh, and we got a little bit of rain Saturday morning for the opener. So we, uh, you know, we were fortunate enough since we were on private property, which, if you guys follow us, that we are typically public land hunters. We hunt 99% public, you know, land. So hunting private land for us is something that I haven't done in years, to be honest with you. Uh, and Jackson really, since he's been hunting with me, he hasn't got a whole lot of opportunity to hunt public land or private land. I'm sorry. So it, the whole, the whole private land thing was really nice for him to be able to experience. I was happy that he got an opportunity to hunt some private land and then, you know, some really nice area of, uh, you know, that we got to hunt, uh, top notch, you know, from the blinds that we hunted in to the, uh, to the, to the boats that we took to get to the spots. I mean, you know, we're dealing with Go Devil setups. The camp had about five or six Go Devil setups that were available for us to use, or anybody who hunts there to be able to access the property and use. So that was pretty awesome. Um, and then the blinds, you know, Go Devil. A lot of you may not even know this, but Go Devil. I'm in boat sales. I'm in I'm in marine sales. I've been in that for quite a while. And uh, and our dealerships, we have two dealerships that that have um, Go Devils. We actually are a dealer for Go Devil. So uh, not only am I friends with Lance, but I'm also a, uh, a salesman for their their um, you know their products that they offer. And a lot of people are baffled when I tell them that Go Devil makes blinds as well. They make floating duck blinds. They make uh, aluminum blinds that they uh, that you can purchase from them that you can put out on property if you have leases. Uh, they make uh, you know even pit blinds that type of stuff. And Saturday morning, we actually hunted out of one of the uh, of of a pit blind setup. So Jackson, kind of kind of walk everybody through what the the setup looked like. Like if you were explaining to the viewers and to the listeners what our setup was Saturday morning for opening morning, kind of explain that, paint the picture for them on that. Yeah, so we just
1: pulled up and then we we got into this big giant hole and then there's. There's just, like, little, there's just little islands of, 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 uh, Rosocaine. Mars grass yeah, and Rosocaine. Rosocaine yeah. all, all around it. And then and one of the little islands wasn't Rosocaine, and we got into that one. And I, I noticed the grass was a little bit shorter in that one, so we got into it, and I looked, and there was, like, there was a pit blind, There was a box right here and a box right here for two guys in each box. And then, uh, they had some, like, tray holders for your shells and everything. So it was, like, just that, and then... It was all around. It was gla- uh, grass, and uh, behind us, uh, they had a P-Rog hide where you just hide your P-Rog so you can go and get your birds. And then if you looked about ten yards away, there was a there was a uh, boat boat shed to hide your boat. Uh, yeah. To, uh,
0: yeah. Yeah. So that so basically the setup was when we got to the to the pit blind that Jackson's talking about. He you know ba- we went in a go devil. He brought all of us to the uh, pit blind, dropped us off. And then they have all these little marsh islands inside this property that we were hunting, uh, and we were hunting a big open water area. So that was that was uh, you know we were kind of hoping that we'd get some big ducks coming in on open morning. So we hunted open water, uh, but it had little islands of marsh grass all throughout this this open water area. And behind the blind, like Jackson was explaining, uh, they had a little marsh island where we were able to park the boat. They got a nice little boat hideout uh, framed up with wood. You can go hide the boat real well, and then you you, you know basically p rock back to the blind or kayak back to the blind, and uh and then get situated and get ready. So when we got there Saturday morning, we like I mentioned earlier, it was still a little bit of rain in the forecast that was coming through early. It was supposed mm-hmm. to get out of there, which it did. It ended up clearing up and getting out of there. And they had the wind shifting from the what was it the uh the west, uh, and then it was going to be shifting out of the north. So mm-hmm. Perfect scenario for us to set up opening morning. You know where we were, the blind that we were set up in. You were able to catch kind of the birds, uh, the wind. No matter which way it shifted, it kind of worked out for us in that setup. So that was that was pretty cool. So right at daybreak, we uh we ended up having a uh, a bird. I think we shot y'all shot or I say we shot. Two Let birds. me not say we shot. Y'all two, shot. Two teal, two teal that
1: came in. I got one and Blaze
0: got one. Yeah, speak. I don't know if they can hear you speak up a little bit. What okay. you said?
1: They had two tail come in the decoys, and I got one, and Blaze got one. Yeah, they both got
0: one. So he started out with two tail, right? Yeah. Yeah. So that's that. That was good right off the bat. We started seeing a couple of birds, and and kind of walk them through how how that morning went. What what happened in those events yeah so we just uh like i said them two teal came in and then
1: it was it was real it was real cloudy and foggy which which is normally what we kind of like minus the fog and like they just they just kept having like groups of teal and stuff and then we looked up and then we got some we saw some big ducks come right over the barn they they uh they just uh caught us by surprise and we started calling at them and they just they just kept flying so we saw some big ducks and then Eventually, we had a couple more teal come in, and we uh we had a couple more teal come in, and then we just uh, uh uh we had we actually had three gray ducks come in that uh we saw them from a distance, and they uh we started calling at them, and then we were like, oh no, they they are gone, they're they're going, and then they they they, they just turn, we were like, oh oh, keep calling. Them. They came, came, came all the way to our decoys. They came in. We shot one of them
0: out of the two. Yeah. Yeah, y'all got one of them out of the two. So, basically, the, what we did in the blind was we set up. I was on one end of the blind, and Lance, who's my buddy, was on the other end of the blind. And uh, we had both the boys in the middle, and uh, not Blaze. Uh, Lance had his littlest boy, Hayes. Hayes. Hayes is seven years old, so he had him kind of tucked on the edge of the blind with him and shooting a crack barrel 410 and uh trying to just get him to maybe do some uh you know some water swatting if we got a couple of birds in which over the weekend he ended up shooting several birds that way uh just by them coming in so that was pretty cool to see Hayes at seven years old you know kind of joining in and, and feeling like he was part of the, the, the group you know the older group so that was pretty awesome uh, but yeah you know, that opening morning, when I look back and I kind of think about it, man, I was, I was impressed to see the amount of birds or the, the different species of birds that we had. So that's, just being upfront with you guys, that's a great sign as we get ready to head into the, to the, you know, the opener here this weekend on the western side of the state. And then we're going to be following right up with that here in Louisiana in the east zone. Uh, but in the western side of the state, that seemed to be the ticket during teal season. You know, if you listen to the podcast um, when we went through till season, typically southeast Louisiana marshes are phenomenal for till, and that's always that's always a, a given when it appreciate comes to till life. season. Uh, thank you, man. We appreciate that. And uh, you know, the southeastern part of the state, the marshes are always a given as far as till season goes. It's always phenomenal till hunting. Uh, maybe even some of the best duck hunting in Louisiana nowadays is during till season. Um, but this year, the southeastern part of the state, other than I'd say probably Venice, you know, it was really it, the till season was was bad. You know, it was horrible in this part of the state this year. Yeah, and Venice is always known for till. And Venice, Venice is always solid. They're always going to have their birds, and we've talked about that. But the story was the western part of the state. So the western part of the state had a good till season overall. Not great, but a good till season overall. So, I'm not surprised, my point is that I'm not surprised that opening up, you know, the youth weekend this past weekend, that we had a wide variety of species of birds in the western part of the state, um, and good numbers of birds. Uh, You know, when we look back at at the first day, we killed a couple of teal, Uh, you know, we had in the bag limit, you had... Teal, gadwall, ring, next. ring next, and pull do. Well, pool do. I don't count pull doing in that. But, yeah, you had some diver birds. You had some your divers. You had your, um, your gadwall, and you had your teal. The majority of the birds seen throughout the weekend, I would tell you guys, is blue winged teal. So, if you're opening up this weekend in the western zone, you've probably already done your scouting. You already know this, guys. But, if you've put in your time, you've got out there blue wing teal are hanging around right now. That's a big big part of what I think a lot of guys' bag limits are gonna be this coming weekend. And yeah, um, the in the blue
1: wing they usually come and go real easily and then the green wings start showing up but the blue wings are hanging around.
0: Yeah. Yeah we didn't see we didn't see green wings a whole lot. I think we ended up maybe seeing one or two green wings over the weekend. That's funny. But that was about it, what you're eating. He said this weekend's gonna be a war zone. It's gonna be a war zone. You're right about that. Uh, and I really think it's going to be a phenomenal opener on the West Zone, guys, and you guys in eastern part of Texas, you know, uh, I know our buddies from Flyway Connections, they hunt that part of the state, kind of the western part of Louisiana, east Texas, you guys, if y'all are opening up this weekend in <clears throat> east Texas, I'm not sure if y'all making a trip down there or not, but for all you boys that are going to be hunting up the eastern part of Texas and the western part of Louisiana, it's going to be jammed up, guys, that's just my prediction, and I could be completely wrong but if you look at the weather forecast for this week right now we're sitting this wednesday evening um right we're supposed to have a, a cold front or a cool front come through tonight kind of hit shift the wind out of the north and then through the rest of the weekend the temperatures are going to continue to dive this weekend so um that's going to be a good thing there's already a lot of birds here right we,
1: now we need to get and started. that's going to help I need a good south
0: wind. Jackson likes south winds. Tell them to, And really, I've talked about south winds a lot. South winds, over the last several years, have been our best days to hunt. That That is true. That is true. But I do like seeing these cold fronts. This year this year is just setting up to be different. And what I mean by that is we have a major drought that we've had over the last couple of months throughout the United States. In the flyaway, we in the Mississippi flyaway, we've had a lot of areas that do not have water coming down the flyway. You guys that are watching this, that are in the upper portions of the flyway, most of you can attest to that, how dry it is. Um, and, and you know, people say, well, I had some guys say, well, all they got to do is pump water. Well, you got to have water to pump water. You know, you got to have water to be able to pump water to those areas that you need water to be able to hunt. And if you don't have water, then you can't pump it. You know, that just makes sense. So you rely on mother nature. Uh, you know for the most part and then you know you could do your part if mother nature provides some on the river systems and stuff like that to be able to pump water in but it's it's been dry everybody's been dry so i think with the combination of it being dry in the flyway as you come down those birds come down the flyway if you are some of the lucky ones to have water this year i think it's going to be a jammed up season a season in my opinion you know um And that's just, that's just my, you know, what I've seen throughout the years. It's always been like that. If it's a dry season and you got water, you got ducks, you know, and judging off of what we saw this past weekend on the Western part of the state, I'm getting reports from guys that I know that hunt on our side, the Eastern part, there's places that are loaded up right now with birds, same results as what we saw this past weekend. So, you know. Getting to go out on the youth hunt this weekend was pretty awesome. Not only because we were able to get the, the boys out there to do some hunting, which we learned a lot, right? I think we all learned a lot. Jackson, you learned a lot just from shooting this weekend, you know, as far as, hey, I was a little rusty. Let's kind of knock that rust off. Uh-huh. You and Blaze were a little rusty. I have to say that. They came in so fast. They came in so fast. So, hey, that's part of it. You know, that's what we got till season for a lot of times. Knock that rust off. Uh, which y'all did this weekend, and now you kind of read it. And, and you even went back and watched the videos that we posted up on our YouTube channel from this weekend, and, you, and that's a great way to critique yourself and kind of see what you did, what you didn't do. Uh, settle some of those disputes between you and your uh, buddies in the blonde over who shot what birds, uh, which we heard that all weekend long. We laughed at that all weekend long uh him and blaze were arguing over who shot which bird and uh when you go back on video and you watch the video they can't lie no more guys you see it right then and there on the video so mm-hmm. i think you learned a little bit from that um what else what else you took from this weekend just shoot better learn how to shoot better you wait.
1: Wait on the duck. Wait on. Wait on the ducks. Take it. Take your time when
0: you go to shoot. That's a very good point. Take your time.
1: Uh, like, cause if if some of y'all watched the part two video and the the clip that my dad the clip that my dad put in there with that teal coming like two feet from me, we actually lost that <laughs> bird. I ain't gonna lie to y'all. I we lost that bird. I I missed four times in a row.
0: Well, okay, so we talked. We touched on day one of, of Saturday's opener. So in the western part of the the youth zone, guys, you get to hunt two days back-to-back, which is a little different from the eastern youth zone. The eastern youth zone, which I don't know why, the eastern part of Louisiana's youth zone, you get a youth day this weekend to hunt, and then they get a day at the end of the season. So it's a little different than it was this past weekend in the western part of the state. Um, You know, they got two days back-to-back if you're a youth hunter in the western side you get no youth days at the end of the season. In the East Zone, they give you one day this coming weekend, and then you get one day at the end of the week, at the the end of the year when the regular season ends. Don't know why exactly they do that. I'm not a big fan of that personally. Uh, I wish you got two days back-to-back like they did in the West Zone for all the East guys who are uh, youth hunters that are hunting. Uh, but something that they did do, and I want to touch on that, and, and I've talked about this when it came out, Something that's really cool that Louisiana Wildlife and Fisheries did a couple of years ago for the youth opener weekends. What they decided to do and they voted in was that ex-military. So if you're a military veteran, you were able to also participate in the youth weekend. Yeah, we uh, actually had someone comments
1: about that just earlier. Did we? Yeah, it's, uh, he said...
0: Yeah, right here it says, Tex- Texas started a veterans and activity duty to join with youth hunts. Yeah, and that's awesome, man. I think that's a great thing. I'm glad Texas is doing that. Uh, Louisiana also jumped on board and adopted that a couple of years ago. And, uh, and man, I th- that's awesome. That's a great thing, in my opinion. Anytime we could award our military, um, our veterans, man, I am 1,000% on board with that, I, I, you know, Jackson will be the first to tell you that that is important in our family. And we weren't, we didn't come from a, a, a quote unquote military family personally, but you know, with the country, the way it is nowadays and the way society is, I have always taught them since y'all been small to always thank servicemen and women for their, their time that they serve. Uh, and, and veterans also, you see, I told Jackson, I said, you see those, those old guys wearing their Vietnam hats or their, you know, uh Korean war hats or whatever it was, I said, you may not think it looking at him as a young man, I said, but that those guys were some badasses at one point because they went through a time that none of us could even imagine probably, you know. And uh and it was just different times in in, in the country at that time, you know, when you were going through World War One and Two and you know, Vietnam and all that type of stuff. So don't ever, don't ever take that for granted guys. And us as hunters I think we do a really good job of recognizing those people, and uh, I'm so glad to see that you know our wildlife and fisheries, uh, whether you're in Texas, Louisiana, or whatever state you're in, is adopting that to kind of give some of those guys a, a benefit to be able to waterfowl hunt. You know, a, a weekend before the season, uh, the regular season opens, and a weekend after the regular season opens. So, job well done, Louisiana Wildlife and Fisheries, and every other. Wildlife and fisheries agencies out there that that did that. So, um, but yeah, going back to day two, guys, I'm gonna let you know, Jackson, you could kind of fill them in. So, day two, we swapped things up. We didn't hunt open water on day two. Um, We hunted a a lily pad pond and and maybe speak up so they could hear you, but a lily pad pond that was a lot smaller hole, guys. So, if you go and you watch, or you've already watched the video that we posted yesterday on our YouTube channel. From day two, you're gonna notice that the area that we hunted was a lot smaller on day two. So, kind of, kind of give them a picture of what it, what that looked like, Jackson, on day two, as compared to the hole we hunted on one. So, like on that on that day, the hole like it was like just another
1: little round hole, but it was like way smaller, and it had a bunch of red, red and uh, green lily pads. All in it, which, I, like at first, I didn't, I didn't know that ducks like lily pads and all that,
0: but apparently they love them. Yeah, they like them. We, you know, when we used to hunt Celine Larto, we had a camp up at Celine Larto, uh, which is Dewey Will's Wildlife Management Area here in Louisiana, central part of the state, located just right under Catahoula Lake. A lot of you guys, geographically, you'll you'll recognize the name Catahoula Lake. Uh, Honey Break, you guys are familiar with Honey Break. Celine lorto honey break is actually on lorto lake um what a lot of people don't know about that is that it actually borders right up to a wildlife management area and catahoula lake is just north of that wildlife management area so for years we had a camp there for about 15 16 years somewhere in that time frame uh and at the time it was really really good waterfowl hunting um and i learned at a young age that ducks loved Landing in those lily pads. I told Jackson that story. I said, we had guys that would throw out two liter Coke bottles. Um, you know, I remember seeing when I was getting in, you know, kind of hunting on my own, you know, in that area at the time, kind of learning it. I'd, I'd see these guys set up their duck blinds and they would have two liter Coke bottles all around the duck blind, just painted black. So, you know, obviously, I guess they were trying to mimic Coots or something else like that. And they'd set all these decoys and these blinds up in these lily pad fields so a couple of things we know puddle ducks love is what shallow water we yeah. know that for sure lily pads if you see lily pads typically it's shallow water you know so i can see why the ducks were attracted to that back then and i remember in the good years those ducks yeah. would pile into those lily pad fields
1: mm-hmm. you know just and grass under the
0: water yeah all your grass, grasses just shallow water you know and i think i think you know when we hunted this past weekend, that was one of the things that, uh, you know, Mr. Lance talked about that their lease. The water was, you know, up. It was higher than what they wanted, uh, which wasn't real deep water at all. We were looking at about two and a half foot of water throughout the lease this past weekend. But they really wanted that water level to be at about a foot to a foot and a half to be able to bring those, du- those birds, those good puddle ducks in. Because when they, the years where they've had that shallow water, a foot to a foot and a half, they were able to have some of the best years they've ever had on the lease, he told us, you know? Yeah. So, but on day two, um, yeah, kind of give everybody a picture of, of what we hunted, what it looked like. Well, uh,
1: yeah, like so,
0: so, a smaller hole.
1: Yeah.
0: A smaller hole. Shallow, shallow water still we were in. We had brushed up uh, one of the blondes, one of the go devil blondes the day before. But well, That thing was so brushed up, it was amazing. You couldn't. That's with my neck jackson's allergic to some grasses he was itching after we cut all that grass the uh, day before to uh, brush that blind up he was uh he was kind of having uh allergic reaction i think to some of that grass but we brushed it up really good so we were hunting a uh a 16 foot go devil blind is what we were hunting um and that thing like jackson mentioned was awesome that you know perfect setup in that blind man guys if you got at least and you are looking for a blind, a permanent blind, to put in your lease somewhere, go check out these Go Devil blinds. They are, they are amazing, man. They're aluminum. Uh, they sell them with a mud motor on the back of them. You can move them around the property. You get in this thing, the one that we hunted on Sunday was 16 foot long, and I forgot how, how wide it was exactly, but I'm a big guy. I'm six foot two, almost six foot three, 300 pounds damn near, and I was able to fit in there with three other guys or four other guys we had total in the, in the blind. Um, and this thing was set up, man, you get inside of it, had a small roof to it to get you out of the elements. You had a little shelf behind you. You could put all your gun cases uh, you know, out of the way, all the stuff that you just want to get out your way. And you had a nice shelf up in the front um, that you could put your shell boxes, all that type of stuff. And uh, just, a, just a good setup, man. It was top notch hunting out of that go devil blind. So that was pretty cool but uh we're in a smaller hole and we set up kind of at an intersection on sunday so you know we were bordering a refuge which is not too far from uh where we were and that's a a public land refuge uh, up around the uh you know the sabine i think it was the sabine refuge if i'm not mistaken so we were kind of facing the tree line to the refuge we have a little small pothole up in front of us full of lily pads but also behind us, we were there, there was a pond kind of behind us in a cut through. So we were almost at a pinch point where those birds, we had seen those birds the day before kind of coming through, On huh Jackson? Yeah. Yeah. So kind of once, once it got daylight or just shooting time, go ahead and explain to him what
1: happened.
0: Well, it was still dark a little bit. We couldn't really see anything. The sun was
1: starting to come up. And then all of a sudden we hear, we hear that whistle. And we're like, oh, what the? So we're like looking around, looking around. A wood duck which, in the marsh. Yeah, a wood duck in the marsh, which it was just a little single. So we're looking around, looking around, and then all of a sudden we see it coming from the right, and it just goes right into the decoys. And then once I saw that, I was like, oh yeah, it's about to be on like Donkey Kong.
0: <laughs> yeah, that, so I, I could see it. It was just legal shooting time, and that wood duck's just coming over the marsh grass, dead at the decoys, dead at the blonde, right and just the decoys. right into the coot decoys. And, uh, which, the old coop decoys, the old coop decoys, they work, don't they? No. Don't they work? No. Have you learned, if you've learned anything over the last few years hunting with me, is that coop decoys probably work now, huh? You would have to agree? No. Yeah, he agrees, guys. He agrees, I promise you. He, uh... I messed up
1: my hat. He,
0: uh, you can't mess up that hat, man. That thing's fit perfect to you. So, but... A few years back, he didn't believe me on those coup decoys, guys. So let him know; those coup decoys are money. It works. Coup decoys dude. definitely worked. So that's money. Dude. Anyway, the the wood duck comes directly into the decoys, into the coup decoys, and then what happened from that point on? Uh, after that, we just proceeded. We proceeded, and
1: like we had some teal. We, had some, we saw some groups of teal. Some coming. good groups of teal. Yeah, some good groups of teal come in, and then. All of a sudden, a, bit, a, 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 a a something flew into the decoys, and we're like, and it was it came on my side. We're like, shoot it! Pulled up, shoot it! And the minute I shot, a big old group of teal come come flying in. and turned typical
0: out it, teal. T- turns out it was a coot. I was
1: it's... like, I was like, oh my god!
0: <laughs> so, so this bird kind of I'm on the left side of the blonde. Once again, I'm kind of on that side when he did this. And, and Jackson's actually, you were outside the blonde. There was a little deck on the front of the blonde. That was all brushed up. So right at low light, you were set up on the front of the blonde, actually, outside of the door. Yeah. And uh, we looking left, and then we look right, and this bird's just coming dead at us. Low light, you know, still. Can't really tell. And it just dive bombs into the left side of the blonde. And uh, Lance, I think Mr. Lance told you, he's like, shoot it, shoot it. he called a shot on it. And uh, you pull up. I got a great GoPro shot of you from behind shooting it. And... Right as you shooting some, I see something in the corner of my eye, and I look, I, I just kind of turn my head, and there's a flock of about 12 to 15 teal that are coming into the decoys, and as you pull up and shoot, they just flare up, and they take off in front of the blind. So, you know, it happens, guys. You don't, When you have birds coming from behind you, especially, you know, like I mentioned, it was a little cut through a pinch point that we were in, and we had birds that were able to kind of come from behind us as well as in front of us right side of us left side of us uh you really got to have your head on a swivel at that point you all been in that situation you know you got to have you got to have people looking basically all directions if you're going to catch everything coming through and with the size of this hole being as small as it was on sunday those birds were in that more over that morse grass and dropping into that hole very quickly so you had to be you had to be on point. You had to be paying attention. So and like
1: we said, it's a small hole. So if they come in the hole, they're coming in fast and quick.
0: Yeah, coming in fast and quick. So what happened after that one? What was what? what else did we have after that?
1: After that, we had we were uh, sitting and we had a big old group of ringnecks that we saw come in. They came through the decoys. We didn't shoot. We thought it was over. And then that we start, we kept calling, and they came back around from behind us, and we did, and we and we knocked uh, two of them down.
0: Yeah. So. I actually posted a, a clip of that today on our social media pages. And what it was, we had a flock of ringnecks that kind of came over the outside of the spread in the front, made a big loop around. We thought it was teal at first is what we thought until we yeah. saw saw the wing, you know, flight on it. And then we realized it was, uh, it was ringnecks at that point, some divers. so scope. Yeah, some, so they they basically made the loop around. I think they actually passed twice. And we were calling at them. Me and Mr. Lance were trying to get them in for you all. And, uh, we just, we, we thought that they left. As a matter of fact, once they went to his side of the blonde, uh, he told, he, he called off to me, he said, they're gone. He said, man, we lost, they left, you know? So I, I thought I had, for some reason, saw something in my left side in the corner of my eye. So I kind of turned, we were still down in the blonde, staying hidden. And when I looked to the left, eventually I saw that big flop making their way back around. They were, what it was, was they had made a wide circle, came way around the back came back around the left side of the blind and that's whenever you hear me call a shot i'm like hey they come to your side you know yeah and uh and y'all pulled up and went ahead and popped into them and ended up dropping two of them so what's crazy is i i'm sitting there filming this the whole time that they're hunting you know so we're trying to get good video for you guys to go watch and us to watch back and uh it seems like i see these birds they start they pull up to shoot i see these birds rising trying to get out of there, you know, and I'm like waiting, I'm with the camera and I'm waiting for them to start falling and nothing's falling. I remember thinking that I'm like, man, nothing's falling. And I see one fall and the rest of them are getting away. And it's almost like it's in slow motion. You guys know what I'm talking about. You know, whenever you get these birds come in sometimes. And uh, to me it was like it was in slow motion. So these birds are trying to get out of there. We drop one. And Blaze on that third shot all weekend long, Blaze was really good on that third shot. And he on his third shot, those birds were almost over the marsh grass again, and boom, he pulls the trigger and drops one yeah. on his last shot. He he did that at least three times over the weekend, and uh and you know what I kind of know I kind of know how that is. We've probably all been there before. That you know. Whenever you get those big groups of birds in, and especially when they're up close and they're in your face, they are right there next to you. That's usually when I struggle the most. Not that it's a big group of birds; it's just that that shot when they're so close to you that I have a hard time picking them out. And it's been it's taken me years to be able to get better than that. I didn't really get better at that till I hit my late twenties, probably. You know, so that's what happened to him, but my point being is on that third shot when you know you only have that one shot left you guys could attest to this you really kind of zone in on it you know you kind of zone in on that bird or one of those birds and you try to you try to really focus and hit that hit that last shot and that's what he did so i have to hand it to him for youth hunter 13 years old he was really good at cleaning up the shots that he missed on that third shot he was good he was good with that man yeah. And uh, and you know, I know you were disappointed a little bit the way you shot when you look back at the video a little bit, but you know, you know, you rewind to a month ago during till season, we were on a till hunt, and uh, man, we got till in our face coming in, and I mean, you were on fire, you know, for till season on that hunt, you know, you were, you were cleaning up shots that we had birds getting out the hole after we had dropped a couple of birds, and here you come pulling up and you knocking them down, so. It's just every hunt's different, and you know that's that's what we, that's what everybody will tell you. Every hunt's different, um, you know. It's just the way it goes sometimes. But that that flock was pretty good. We got that on camera. What was really good about the whole weekend with me being able to sit back, not hunt, and just film? I was able to get almost every, you know, flock of birds that that we had on camera that we were able to uh, harvest on camera. So that was cool, you know and uh i was glad i was glad i told jackson i said it was it was kind of a relief being a a, uh you know video creator it was kind of fun just to be able to sit back not have to worry about getting the kill shot and filming it at the same time because all of you who have social media pages that film your hunts you you'll admit that it's very hard sometimes to participate in the hunt and get the footage that you want to get and I always tell Jackson that. I always tell him that, hey, uh, I wish I could have done this differently. But the only way I would have got that shot or, you know, got that kill shot on camera or that video footage is if I wouldn't have been hunting, you know. So I see why as companies get larger, channels get bigger, they hire cameramen to be able to go and film the hunts. That's that's a luxury, man. That is a luxury. But we're not those guys. We're not. We're not at that point right now. And, uh, and we're doing what the majority of you guys on YouTube are doing and all social media platforms. We're filming ourselves. and uh, But it was, it was pretty cool to get behind the camera, um, knowing that I couldn't hunt. If I had the choice, I'd choose hunting all day. I'd be on camera, shooting, hunting. I'd be that guy. But knowing that we couldn't hunt as adults, it was pretty cool to get behind, film these guys, shoot, and uh and be able to call birds in work birds in and catch it all on film so that, that was pretty awesome this weekend i like i like that aspect of it so um what else second day i know we ended up with a mixed bag once again we saw a lot more till the whole the hole that we hunted on sunday there was a lot of till in that area because when we went saturday brought the blonde anchored down the blonde. We jumped a lot of blue-winged teal up in those areas uh, that day. So, a lot of blue-winged teal we're holding uh, to that area. We had we saw some gadwall once again. A lot of model ducks. Yeah. A lot of model ducks this weekend. Which, model... And, and what? And what And ring-necks. Yeah, a lot of divers. Which, look, we talked about that on podcast episodes before, guys. The new Jackson... <laughs> Jackson hates Dogree, what we call Dogree down here in Louisiana. Uh, but... To be honest with you guys down here, that's that's common things now. That's that's birds that we see all the time. That's a uh, that's kind of the, the 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 mallards of uh or well, let me not say the mallards, but I'd say probably gadwall, gray ducks, are the mallards now of Louisiana for the most part. But uh, but yeah, diver ducks are very common now. That's what we get a lot of. And uh, you were almost getting kind of picky this weekend, Mr. Public Land Hunter. This dude right here, he was he was kind of. I mean, I say wham-wham, but he was kind of getting a little bougie, guys. A little bougie on his species that he was trying to kill. Now, granted, we are public land hunters, just like the majority of you probably are. And 99% of the time, we're going to take what comes to us, you know? Uh, We don't have that luxury of choosing what birds to shoot, like you see on some of these videos in some of these areas throughout the country. By the time they make it down here to Louisiana, we... Or dealing with some really educated birds that's seen a lot of pressure throughout the flyways, yeah, and I'm not saying that that's a, a disadvantage necessarily, I, and I'm not complaining that that's a disadvantage. That that is a disadvantage. I'm just stating facts there. The birds are really educated. Uh, they've seen a lot throughout the flyway, and by the time they get to us, we take what we can get. Let's just say that. Uh, so this dude right here, Mr. Bouja, he was kind of getting, he was getting spalled to the to the private land deal this weekend and he's like ah i don't want to shoot divers i don't want to shoot this and we were like hey man you know it's not the the years that we used to see as children when i was younger with our dads and granddads you better take what you could get because those birds could be here today and they're going to be gone tomorrow so you might not have nothing to shoot at next week you know so that's just the way it is uh especially when we go back to hunting you know public or public land like we usually do so uh, I think I think I kind of talked that nonsense out of him this weekend and, and, and kind of got you to real. <laughs> you shaking your head no? Why are you shaking your head no? no I'd rather shoot wood ducks than Well, wood ducks. we will always shoot some wood ducks. But we're not afraid to shoot wood ducks. So, but I'll, sh- uh,
1: I'll shoot mergansers. No,
0: you did you? <laughs> did he say that? Did he really repeat that for the camera, please? Just so you guys I know the one I know you guys heard that, but what you said? I'd rather shoot hooded Marganzas than
1: t- the trash do get
0: the fuck out of here. Get out of here with that trash. Hooded Morganzas. Hooded Morganzas.
1: They're pretty birds.
0: You might not better be in my boat this year. Right next aren't pretty. You are not. I, what y'all think, guys? Let us know in the comments. Should he be able to step back in the boat this season with me? Hooded Morgan's is over, over ringnecks. And, and what? I can't believe you said that. You ain't my child, son. You are not my child. You haven't ate a hood? I'll tell you what, I never, guys.
1: I never said I was going to eat well,
0: it. Well, if you're going to harvest it, you're going to eat it.
1: I'm a so
0: I tell you what we're gonna do this year, Mister Hooded Morganza. I'm a, I'm
1: a harvest. I'm a harvested, so I can make a pretty picture with my with
0: my Instagram photo. Oh, that's that. that that's the day's for you, right there. Uh, let me harvest it, kill the bird, so I can take a picture on Instagram. I tell you what, you like Hooded Morganza so much this year. You drop a Hooded Morganza. Guess what this this dude's eating right here, guys. If he drops a Hooded Morganza this year, I will personally. Put it right here on IG, Facebook, YouTube. We will do a video of him eating a hooded morganza that I will put in a pan and pan fry for you. I haven't eaten a lot of
1: ducks in my life, so I don't
0: really know what they're supposed to taste like. Oh, okay. I don't know. You're definitely going to know what a hooded morganza tastes like, trust me. You ever tasted sewage? No. Raw sewage? No. A good shit hamburger? No that's what a hooded morganza tastes like. Tastes like boot leather and ass is what it tastes like. That's what a hooded morganza tastes like. Like like the so, marshmallow. Like a hooded morganza, is so bad that it stinks when you kill it. When you drop a hooded morganza, they already stink. How do they survive if their body is stinky? Well, they're living living animal. You just unless you want to mount a hooded morganza, which does make a beautiful mount in a drake hooded morganza. Then, yeah, we, we we let those go, man. We got to let that fly. Right.
1: We're and, not eating that. You look at the hen-hooded morganza and the Drake. Like, the hens are so ugly. I mean, like, the, their hood is red and gray. It looks so ugly. And then their feet are orange, and their beak is just like a... Like, it goes like... It's so ugly. Well, that. you
0: know that in Louisiana, the hood of morganza, that's actually separate from your duck lemon, your bag lemon. I don't know, but it's still type of duck. Yeah, well... It's a, it's actually Morganza. It's a Morgan It's in the Morganza family. So it's different species. They, but they, a lot they, of guys look at it as a duck. They go. They migrate with ducks. Yeah, there ain't no doubt about that. They do. So, but overall, you know, guys, just to kind of sum it all up, really good opener for the youth weekend this past weekend. That was great. Uh, you know, to see the boys be able to shoot, get some birds. Uh, you know overall successful weekend you know um, what we took away you know besides that is that a like i mentioned there's a lot of birds down right now we have a wide variety of species that are down right now um you know what i'm speaking from what i saw in the field on the western side of the state once again so the western part of louisiana this past weekend um you know this weekend coming up is going to be the east zone opener i referenced that a while ago too so, the youth guys are going to be able to hunt on the eastern side of the state this week, which is what we normally hunt is the eastern side of the state. Um, so, it's going to be interesting to get some feedback. I'll be at work this weekend. We won't be able to hunt this weekend yeah. to take you. But, I am going to be heading down to the uh, to the marsh on Monday. Yeah. And I got a question. So you see, there's a there's a west zone, east zone, and a coastal zone.
1: Huh? No, there
0: used to be a coastal zone. So, Louisiana, a couple of years ago, had three zones. You had a coastal zone, a west, and an east zone. Well, they changed that last year. I think it was last year they changed it. So, going into this past season, it went to an east zone and a west zone. Two what, zones.
1: What's the coastal zone? Now? Well,
0: the way it runs, it kind of runs from the top of the state down and makes a J-hook almost down uh, along you know along the J. coastal portion. So, yeah, it kind of makes a J. So, basically, if you... Like Venice, all those areas, you're gonna be in that in that eastern zone, uh, or I'm sorry, western zone. If you, I forgot exactly where the cutoff is city wise, but anything above that, like Gonzales, uh, you know, um, La Lake Pontchartrain, all those areas are gonna be in the uh, considered the east zone. So Monroe, you know, the northern part of the state, the eastern part, northeast part of the state. All those areas are going to be in your E zone, so that's going to open up in two weeks from now uh, for big duck season. But the youth zone, the youth hunt, is going to be this coming weekend, just like we did on the other side of the state last weekend. So it's going to be good to get some reports. Um, You know, I got some friends that are going to be heading down this weekend to open up the the coastal or or the western uh, part of the uh, big duck season for them, um, which is along the, the coast. Um, they're going to be hunting this weekend, so we're going to have some reports over the weekend and get some feedback on what they're seeing. But, man, all everything I'm hearing right now is that it's looking pretty solid. A lot of birds, uh, just like we saw in the western part of the state, a lot of birds on this side of the state as well. Um, and you and I took a scout trip just a couple of weeks ago. I know we've been checking out some stuff over the last few weeks. We, uh, we, we found a couple of holes that we're going to paddle into this year. That we uh, we looking forward to hunting, and they were they were loaded up with blue wing teal, huh?
1: Yeah, and our prediction was because since they got low water in there, that's why they still got teal in
0: there. Yeah, yeah. If uh, like I mentioned, blue wing teal are going to be a big part of a lot of bag limits this weekend because they here, they here right now. Over the years, we don't
1: we, we haven't really killed a lot of blue wings, but that, this year that might change. Not like, at this time
0: of year, we haven't.
1: Yeah, like like this year, this year blue wings might be
0: the new green wings. Yeah, well your Green Wings, you know, they had they had a uh, weather report come out this week. That they about to get a lot of snow in the upper portions of the United States. Not not us. Uh, no, don't look snow. like we're getting snow. I was about to say it's like, We're not getting snow. Not, that'd
1: but, be that'd be so cool to make a snow duck hunting video. Yeah,
0: yeah, it's been a while. We had, Last year we made a frozen a frozen ice uh, video we had at the end of the season we which didn't kill ended up sucking and it, it wasn't a good hunt at we froze all. Froze our but, butts off and or
1: sanding in the water and we didn't even kill a single bird. Didn't
0: kill a single bird. We ended up we had a good duck season last year but that last hunt ended up being one of our worst of the season and it was best our
1: last hunt. Yeah, of the season. Yeah,
0: that was our last hunt when we hunted with Mister Caser. <laughs> so that was our last hunt. We were breaking ice to get to the blonde. On public land where a place we had hunted for years a good hole a very good hole over the years and nothing it was just it ended up being our worst or it might have not been our last time might have been our second to last son actually so well uh, but it sucked anyway i think it wasn't one of our hole.
1: last hunts was at Sherburn and the
0: killing some wood ducks well that's yeah that's where we were on that day in that oh yeah, yeah so well, but we were, anyway we were
1: in the left hole on that
0: one yeah yeah it was a different hole yeah. but it wasn't good that's that's the point. Is that it wasn't very good. So, but uh, but yeah, guys. So gonna be at work this weekend. As far as we go, can't take Jackson on the youth weekend this weekend to hunt. But I'm gonna be down in the marshes back on Monday. So I'm gonna take my first hunt on Monday. Um, I'm going down there with uh, my buddy who with Game Changer Boats. Um, he is uh, he's gonna. We're gonna be heading out to an area that we hunt have hunted over the last couple of years and had a lot of success. Typically, uh, I'm hoping, man, I'm I'm hoping that it stays true to what it's been over the last several years. It's a gadwall hunt is what it is. Gadwall, teal, a little bit of bufflehead. Margansas. No, we don't shoot Morganzas, but they do have margansas in that area. But it's going to be a gadwall hunt. That's typically what it's going to be. So hopefully I can give you guys a report on Monday. That we uh that we put the hammer down on some Gadwall. I'm hoping. I'm hoping that's the case. I don't want to jump the gun and get too confident, but over the years, it's been a uh, it's been a good one for Gadwall. Duck Blind Bistro. Duck Blind Bistro. Welcome, guys. We are a huge fan of y'all products. We're a customer of y'all's. So, guys, welcome. Welcome to the uh, IG Live. We've been using y'all product, man, for quite some time. I have my original one that my wife got me for Christmas years years ago. And we have put some miles on that thing, man. Y'all make a phenomenal product. So thank y'all for hopping on with us and uh, tuning in to the IG Live here tonight. So we're just a couple of Louisiana guys, man. We're uh, we trying to kick off duck season like I'm sure a lot of y'all are across the United States. And, uh, and looking forward to it as we're getting ready to open up here in the next week and uh, next couple of weeks. So, uh, yeah, but we were talking about scouting. We went down. We did some scouting, guys, a few weeks ago. And, and a couple of things that we're going to do different this year. And if you listen to the previous podcast episodes, we talked about kind of getting out of the out of the boat this year a little bit more, kind of going back to some of that more traditional waterfowl hunting. Uh, and what I mean by that is, you know, using the boat as a tool to get us to where we got to get to. Thanks and then me. we're going to get out of there. We're going to P-Rog in or kayak in, or whatever you want to call it, uh, to our holes. That's what we're going to do, man. They said we appreciate the support. No problem, guys. Thanks y'all make a light. good one. Y'all thank y'all for the like, too. Um, but, yeah, we're going we're gonna to try to use the boat to get to our spots, and then we're going to park it, and we're planning on paddling into some spots. The spot that we scouted out a few weeks ago had a good number of blue-winged teal that we're looking forward to going back, and hopefully they stick around a little bit in the beginning so we can go back and get them. Uh, so that's something we're going to do this year. And we also made a big change. We didn't talk about this too much, guys, uh, other than a few posts. But we made a big change in our equipment this year. Uh, Those of you who's followed us for the last, you know, several years since we started the podcast and the, the, you know, YouTube channel, all that stuff, you'll know that we have been uh, using a War Eagle. We've been hung out of a War Eagle 16-foot aluminum boat uh, for the last several years, and we've been powering that boat with a 35-horsepower long tail mud motor, guys. And uh, and that thing has been an absolute beast on huh, Jackson. course yeah. I mean, got, got us out of a lot of tough situations. Got us out of a lot of. There's not a place that we've been in Louisiana, and we got some some nasty mucky swamps, you know, marshes, soft, soft bottom, you know, a lot of a lot of wood, a lot of timber in certain areas that we hunt, and that mud motor has got us through everything, guys. We never. We owned that mud motor for five or six seasons and never had that thing stuck once. Uh, Plenty of power, plenty of torque. But the one thing that I always said was a complaint that I had was that it wore me down. And as I'm getting older, you know, I feel it more and more every year. Jackson will tell you that. Man, a lot of areas we hunt got, got old cypress stumps under the water that you don't see. You get full throttle with that thing. You try to run a spot. You hit one of those things. And Jackson will tell you, they've almost knocked me out of the boat many, many times. And uh, when that happens, it hits you with that type of impact. I feel it on the body throughout the season. There's no doubt about it. So this year, we, we had been thinking about maybe going to a surface drive mud motor. And, uh, and this year, we finally had an opportunity to where we, uh, we uh, got a good deal. And we ended up trading in the long tail towards a surface drive, um, which, you know, typically long tails aren't known for speed. They're going to get you out of spots. They're going to give you power, especially when you have a 35 on a 16-foot boat. So I, it was never a quick boat. You know, It was always somewhere in that 18, 17 to 20-mile-an-hour range is what we would run speed-wise on that boat, on that 16-foot. Once again, I'm 6'2", 300 pounds. Uh, you got gear. You got decoys. You got a load with you. It's not going to be fast. You know, We knew that. But a surface drive, I was hoping, would be maybe a little bit quicker. And the deal that we had kind of come up was that it was for a smaller horsepower. It was a 23 horsepower Vanguard, uh, which is a uh, surface drive that we ended up trading it for. But I knew that the surface drives were typically a little bit quicker. And I was hoping that it, it was also going to be lighter, which when I started looking at the specs, it was about 120 pounds lighter than the long tail that we had on the boot. And, uh, and since we got it, we realize now that we are a little bit quicker than we were with the long tail, even though it's a smaller horsepower. So we made the switch to a 23 horsepower surface drive this year. We're running it on the 1648, same hold-up we've been running for uh, five or six seasons now, um, and and we feel confident. We got a good setup, man. We got a, you know, most of the time it's gonna be me, Jackson, and one other guy, you know. When we hunt with the boat blind on, we hunt three guys out of the barn. That's what we hunt on in the, in our boat. Um, you know, now, if we don't have the boat blind on and we transport into a spot, we'll pack four guys in there, you know, with all our gear and guns and all that type of stuff. And we have no problem at that point, right? Yeah. That's no problem with four guys getting us to where we got to go. But uh, But when we got the boat blind on, it's a three-man blind. We don't hunt more than three because of safety reasons. I don't want to pack it and make it dangerous for everybody participating in the hunt and uh but you know my point is i'm I'm excited it was a big step for us to kind of make that step to the surface drive this year i I was still kind of doubting it when i did it because man it's just never had no issues with the long tail and like i said it got us out of everything that we've ever you know been in so ironically we made the switch just recently to the to the surface drive Trying to get that all knocked out before the season kicks up. And uh, I've been doing some scouting in the marsh. That same marsh I mentioned. Some brutal territory. Some of it. And a couple of weeks ago I take my youngest son, who's his younger brother. He's 8 years old. I take my youngest son, Hudson, scouting with me. He was out of school. And uh, we go check out some ponds that we hunted last year. Had some success in. And there was one more pond that I wanted to check out in the area that we were scouting. And it was through, the deal with this one, it's a little tricky. It's a little tiny cut between some, some uh, you know, spall bank that you have to get up on plane and run that little cut to, to get over that levee and that spall bank into this other pond. So we're middle of the day, probably, you know, one o'clock in the afternoon. And uh, I looked at it and I said, I oh, got water over the cut. We should be good to go. No problem, just glimpsing at it. I said, but I know I have to get up on plane and hit it full throttle to get through, make sure I get through. Now, granted, guys, I mentioned we've been in a drought. All of you guys have been in a drought for the most part across the United States. I look at this little cut. It has water in it. I think, I okay, no problem. I'm good to go. I get. I, I make a loop around. I get up on plane, and I hit it going full throttle. And, guys, when I hit that little cut in that small bank, it came to a complete stop. And I was like, "Oh shit!" I told myself at that point. I said, "Uh-oh," I said we might have a problem. But I'm thinking, I'm still thinking. Okay, well if it's stuck, I'll push it off. No problem. So I get, I, I look at the boat. I kind of look over the edge, and I see water in front of me, water behind me, where the motor's at. I drop the mud, I drop the surface drive down as low as it could go, give it full throttle. It's not budging, not at all. So I'm like, okay. Um, I'm going to have to get out the boat. Don't have my waders with me. Rookie mistake. Should have brought them. Should always keep them in the boat with you. So I get out of the boat. I'm in my shorts. I'm waist deep. When I step out in front of the boat, it drops to about four and a half, five foot deep. Behind the boat, four and a half, five foot deep. I go to the front of the boat. I look, I look underneath it, and half of my 16-foot boat is up in the air, and the other half is stuck in the mud in the back. So I'm like, okay, let me try to push it off. You ain't pushing that off, guys. Not that this thick Louisiana mud, swamp mud that we had in there. It's almost like a clay and a mud mixture. And that boat was suctioned to the bottom of it. So at that point, we were stuck. I knew it. I went to the back. I even tried digging out, you know, a little bit to see if I could slide it. Couldn't slide. And I immediately at that point said to myself, I said, son of a, you know what? If I'd have had my long tail motor, I would have been able to drop that tail down in the water and probably push myself with that 35 horsepower over to the other side of that spall bank. And, uh, you know, not having that, I didn't have the length to be able to drop it down with that surface drive, get that, that that you know, thrust in that mud and, and, and propel me over the side or over the front of that spall bank. Just didn't have the ass to do it in that, with that motor, man. So I immediately, right there, kind of was like regretting it. I said, did I make the right call? Uh, Getting rid of the long tail. But uh, I had to call a buddy of mine. Thank God. I had a customer of mine. Thank God for him. And Lane, you know who you are, man. I can't thank you enough. Uh, I sold a Go Devil Motor, a brand new Go Devil Motor, to a guy that came in the store, a young gentleman who's in high school. He's he's getting into waterfowling. And uh, a couple of weeks before... This had happened, and what's ironic about that situation is that the mud motor that I got was his previous motor on his boat that he ended up trading in, and then I traded my motor for that surface drive. So it was kind of ironic. I, a buddy of mine called him; he knew him, and ended up being him that said, "Hey, I'll come get you. Uh, no problem. I'm getting out of school, and I'm gonna come out there and and come uh, help you out." And he did, man. So that was that was pretty cool. Didn't take much, you know, forty horsepower bigger boat he hooked up to me pulled me off no problem but uh my eight-year-old was was fussing me he was on my butt and he was saying all the years that jackson you know has, has been with me throughout all kind of situations you were with me you never got stuck me and you never got stuck one time i'm just better you just better huh so you never got stuck in the, i'll take him which i'm trying to get him into duck hunting more and more uh, That's I take him way. out, and there we go. We get stranded for about three and a half hours, so it's a
1: great way to make him go back,
0: yeah, you're right about that. great way to make him go back, so, but we ended up having a good time. it wasn't it was, it could've been August, it wasn't August, it was cool, it was nice, you know outside and uh but it, it was a learning experience, man. It kind of made me realize, hey, I gotta be careful where I go with this thing. It's not like when I had my long tail. I didn't really have to worry about that i, didn't, I you know and I like that aspect of it having it in the back of my mind that, you know, I could just go where I needed to go and I didn't really have to worry too much about it. But, uh, with this one, I'll just have to play a little bit different, but that's a big change in our equipment. That was a big step for us this year to go to the surface drive. What I do love about it is that the ease of use on it, man, I could sit down. I could relax and drive this thing. It corners, it turns well. And, uh, I I love that aspect of it. I'm not going to nearly have the wear and tear, that I had on my body, you know, in those previous years with the long tail. So, but that's, that's really about it, man. I mean, what else do you have? Anything else that you, you kind of excited? What you looking forward to now? Just opening weekend. Opening weekend, huh? Getting off of school. Getting off of school for opening weekend. We still going to, we still really hadn't nailed down where we're going to go yet on the E-Zone opener yet. We had a, we kind of thought we had a game plan and we got, we got a sidetrack uh, invited on a, on another hunt. Possibly, they're just waiting to see kind of what you know if the birds are there, you know, or not. And if they are, we may be headed back west again. It looks like for the uh, for the opener for the uh, second weekend. So it's going to be interesting to see, guys. But we're excited. I know you guys are excited. You out there right now? Some of you already opened up. Let us know in the comments. You know, uh, you know how you guys' seasons are going. We we've, we've been. Tracking all of y'all that we follow on social media, we uh we follow you guys, man. There's a lot of great content creators out there right now. It's an awesome time with the technology we got to be able to share, you know, kind of what's going on through the migration, uh, throughout the United States and the different flyways. So, pretty ex- we pretty we, we look forward to tuning in to a lot of y'all channels as well, uh, or your personal pages and following what you guys are doing. And we appreciate you guys for following us, we're so grateful for that. Uh, Thank you for following this page. Thank you for subscribing to the YouTube channel. If you guys aren't familiar with us or our YouTube channel, we we invite you to go check us out at Last Stop Waterfowl Outdoors TV. Um, And we have tons of content on there, guys. If you enjoy it, please hit that subscribe button. We appreciate it, as always, uh, because we look forward to bringing you guys some uh, some action-packed videos this hunt season. And uh, also the podcast, guys. You're going to hear this show that we're doing right now on the podcast. So,
1: so, and yeah, and also, guys, make sure to go check out
0: our merch, too, laststopwaterfowl.spreadshop. That's what it's called, right? Well, it's just, if you, yeah, we have a link on our social media pages, guys, Last Stop Waterfowl uh, Spreadshop. If you go on there, you'll have a link. Uh, I think we also have a link right here in our bio as well. Uh, we all, all the time on IG, we post links of all the merch stuff. And, you know, you hear guys talk about, oh, you know, we appreciate you. Doing that to support the channel. That is true. We do appreciate you guys uh, supporting the channel through purchasing merch and stuff like that. But man, we just like you guys, we did that because we wanted to have our own gear just to wear uh, and create our own designs and stuff like that so we could wear and you know, wear out in the field and, and hunt and share with our friends. So that's been kind of cool. And at the same time, it helps support the channel. So we appreciate that. I know we had uh, order come in, a couple of orders come in today, actually. So thank you guys so much if you're watching or listening to this episode. Uh, and our great sponsors, guys, we have some awesome companies we work with. Uh, just to mention a couple, Grass Camo. Um, if you guys are looking for brush to brush up your blind, the days of traditional fast grass or even natural vegetation, guys, you don't have to be out there brushing blinds all season long. Go check out Grass. our buddy Jay Thomas over at Blindgrass. Um, If you guys have met jay or know jay or heard about jay and you've had the opportunity to talk to him dude you talk about a funny guy he is a phenomenal guy awesome customer service and he figured out a product guys that is better than the real thing i have to admit and the reason i say that is because it looks exactly like the real thing that mother nature produces but it lasts for years you don't have to change it it doesn't hold water it does not mildew it's lightweight it's phenomenal man it's a phenomenal product we just touched up our boat blind uh with some cord grass from Blindgrass grass last night we just did that and uh it looks awesome man i mean you cannot tell that that is not the real thing so go check them out Blindgrass grass uh camouflage systems also you hear us talk about other companies that we work with uh srd20 guys that's another product you guys need to get familiar with if you don't know them Um, you know, SRD 20 makes boat care products, whether it's hunting boats, fit, you know, bass boats, offshore boats, whatever it is, it does everything. It protects your boat. It makes it look awesome. We've applied it to our duck hunting boat, uh, an aluminum boat. You wouldn't think that those products would play a big factor in our aluminum boat, man, that stuff has protected it. Um, it's made it look great, uh, without having any kind of gloss or shine it's protecting it it keeps it clean i notice now whenever we take it through mud muck grime nothing sticks to the boat anymore so as far as cleaning it up and doing that type of stuff it's so easy guys they make some phenomenal products for your boat care uh and for you you know whatever you want to protect your vehicles we put it on our ice chest um and it protects it all guys it just keeps it lasting it keeps it looking better and as much as we pay for all that equipment now guys you you owe it to yourself to go check them out on their website srd20.com you use the uh, promo code last stop and you will receive 20 percent off all your products that you purchase on the website guys so that's just a couple of sponsors that i want to talk about and thank uh and, and get you guys acquainted with because they are phenomenal they support the show and uh and we can't thank them enough for it as well as many others that we work with as well guys so go check those guys out don't forget about them And uh, until next time, guys, this is Jackson and Jacob with Last Stop Waterfowl Outdoors. Hope y'all have a good weekend if you're heading out this weekend. And we'll talk to y'all again soon, guys. Y'all take care. Oh, hold on. I want to save it. I know. Tired of looking for that perfect hunting or fishing boat only to see that it's out of stock at your nearest dealer? Well, welcome to Game Changer Boats. We specialize in custom aluminum hunting and fishing boats. If you can dream it, Game Changer Boats can build it. Top quality craftsmanship and attention to detail is what we guarantee our customers. And we are proudly built right here in Louisiana. You can visit us on Facebook at Game Changer Boats or email us directly at GameChangerBoats at Yahoo.com. Contact Game Changer Boats and let's see what we can build for you. This episode of Last Stop Waterfowl Outdoors Podcast is brought to you by Beaver Creek Game Calls. At Beaver Creek Game Calls, all of our calls are handcrafted and held up to the highest standards. Our goal is to provide a quality custom call that every hunter can afford. We strive every day with this goal in mind. We also take pride in our customer service because without you, we wouldn't be able to do what we love and that is to make quality custom hunting calls. All of our calls are proudly made in the USA. Visit us online at beavercreekgamecalls.com and let us build your next call. This episode of Last Stop File Outdoors podcast is also brought to you by The Can Cooker. Seth McGinn's Can Cooker is the simplest and healthiest, most convenient cooking system available. The Can Cooker takes the cattle drive tradition of cooking in a cream can and updates it for today's busy lifestyle. Pack the can cooker with ingredients and enjoy a mouth-watering, slow-cooked meal in a fraction of the time of normal cooking. Use it indoors and outdoors to cook a healthy meal on any stovetop, campfire, burner, grill, or the new multi-fuel burner portable cooktop from Can Cooker. Visit us on the web at cancooker.com.